Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. Shocking news from Los Angeles this evening. Gary Shandling, the beloved actor and comedian, has died suddenly. He was just 66 years old. I have a mirror above my bed, and on it it says objects are larger than they appear. Gary Shandling's brutally self-analytical performances on stage and screen transform the comedy landscape. Weird to hear a woman laugh when I'm not making love to her. All right. Gary's legacy as a comedian is easy. The iconic shows, the great stand-up. She had a beauty mark on her cheek, and I swatted it. Oh! It's graduate school for any student of comedy. But behind the scenes, his life was complicated. His neurosis probably impacted him more than some of us. And privately, his health was a constant concern to him. Gary was in so much pain that it's amazing that he could still be funny. Gary was a man in agony who pretended to be happy. On March 24, 2016, after nearly 40 years in the limelight, Gary Shandling died unexpectedly in Los Angeles. Gary Shandling's cause of death was recorded as a pulmonary thromboembolism, a blockage in his lungs triggered by a blood clot. But this doesn't tell me much. Blood clots can have many different causes, which are not always fatal. They most commonly occur in people who are immobile. So this seems like a particularly mysterious death for a man who reportedly had an active, healthy lifestyle and appeared to be in pretty good shape. Why did Gary die so suddenly in his mid-60s? World-renowned medical examiner and forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has performed around 5,000 autopsies, collaborating closely with law enforcement and other forensic specialists. His pivotal role in investigating suspicious cases has revealed the truth behind mysterious deaths for over 20 years. I have Gary Shandling's death certificate and autopsy report, and with first-hand accounts from those who knew him, I'm going to use these detailed documents to establish the real reason for a seemingly sudden death at the age of 66. January 21st, 2015. The Trinity Boxing Club, Los Angeles, California. It's 14 months before Gary Shandling's death. He's filming a sketch with champion boxer Manny Pacquiao. Following the end of his hit, The Larry Sanders Show, in the late 1990s, Gary has moved on to other projects. Steve Morris. Comedian. You get to the, the top of something and there's nowhere to go. It's time to do a new project. I've done this, been there, don't want to go back. Donna Kaufman, comedy writer and journalist. He started writing movies. He started working with other comics to help them with their television shows. Committed to his work, Gary never married or had children. But he did find time to exercise regularly and eat well. Dr. Joe Goose clinical psychologist and former comedian. He was a physical guy. He loved to hike. He loved to exercise. He was living a good, healthy life and enjoying the fruits of his labor. Looking at pictures of Gary around the time, 
I can see that he seems to have filled out a little since his younger days, but that's not unusual for a man in his 60s. And I know he was doing all the right things to keep himself fit and healthy. So what could have ended his life just over a year later? Gary Emanuel Shandling was born on November 29, 1949, into a middle-class Jewish family in Chicago. His father, Irving Shandling, owned a photographic print shop, and his mother, Muriel, a pet store. Gary had one older brother, Barry. The two boys were inseparable. Linda Doucette, former partner and co-star. Gary was so close to his brother. I think that was his first primary relationship of unconditional love. But at the age of just 13, after the family moved to Tucson, Arizona, brother Barry died from a long battle with cystic fibrosis. Gary was 10. And it uh, impacted him greatly. His mother did not tell him his brother died. The family didn't allow him to attend the funeral. The family never explained why he died. And the family never really sat down and processed the magnitude of that loss. After Barry's death, Gary immersed himself in comedy and humor to cope with his grief. <laughs> he loved watching the Carson show and all the stand-up comedians, and that became his outlet after his brother died, is to focus on comedy. I think there is an extraordinary relationship between trauma and comedy. I think that it's a way of making sense of a chaotic world and laughing at it. In his early 20s, tired of his engineering studies, Gary showed some of his early comic writing to the legendary comedian George Carlin, who encouraged him to pursue comedy as a career. Gary headed straight to L.A., quickly establishing himself as a writer on the TV sitcom Sanford and Son, after wowing the production team with one of his scripts. Then, five years later, he ditched television to start over as a stand-up comic on stage. It's weird to hear a woman laugh when I'm not making love to her. All right. Gary's comedy style was almost therapy on stage. Everything that he was going through in his personal life, he brought to the microphone. I, I think the close feeling is, is more important. That's why I like it when a woman says, I was close. Then I know she had a good time. He talked about his dating exploits. And they all say that. I'm not just bragging. I... Or his personal appearance. I have a mirror above my bed, and on it it says, objects are larger than they appear. Dennis Blair, comedian. How's my hair? And you figured it was just some sort of an affectation or something like that. Uh, no, that was uh, Gary offstage, too. Gary's big breakthrough came in the early 1980s with a guest appearance on The Tonight Show. And I'm going, yo-ho, yo-ho, And the girl's going, it's a small world now. That's what put him on the spotlight, and from that moment, his career was golden. You're welcome. Gary Shanley. After a spell of guest hosting the show, Gary went on to create two groundbreaking and award-winning sitcoms. First, The Gary Shandling Show, defined by his comic asides to camera. You, uh, you folks should be very thankful that I'm looking at you right now. That is so cool. That is so real. And then The Larry Sanders Show. He would rather spoof The Tonight Show than be the king of The Tonight Show. God damn it! 
thought you were really upset, aren't you? During his career, Gary netted around 60 awards and nominations, including an Emmy. Winning and losing is not important. Being nominated right, Gary, is... Gary, we, we, we won. Oh, we won. Oh, thank God. Okay, yeah. Oh, being nominated means nothing. His reputation as a comedy legend was sealed. One of the first things I've picked up on in Gary's autopsy report is that he had several scars on his body. One of them was around eight inches long and ran the length of his abdomen. That's an indication of a substantial injury and or surgical procedure. I want to investigate how he got this and whether it played a role in his death. September 10th, 1976, Beverly Hills, California. Gary, 28, and a comedy writer, then unknown to the public, was involved in a two-car fender bender. He got out of the car to look at the very minor damage, and a third car came and hit him and pushed him into the other two cars, which crushed him. Gary was rushed to the hospital with life-threatening injuries. According to accounts, Gary suffered a ruptured spleen. The spleen is an organ in the upper left part of the abdomen, to the left of the stomach. It acts as a filter for the blood as part of the immune system and protects the body against bacteria. Gary's spleen had to be completely removed in a surgical procedure known as a splenectomy. This was major surgery. These were horrible things that take a lot of time to recover. Gary's injuries nearly killed him and not only would have left him with a compromised immune system but also exposed him to the risk of blood clots caused by his lack of movement during his recovery. It's not clear whether or not Gary formed a blood clot at the time but because these events occurred 40 years before he died I do not believe the splenectomy played a direct part in his death. It is likely, however, that Gary suffered recurring pain for the rest of his life. The accident and surgery was to change everything, both personally and professionally, for Gary. Although highly successful as a comic writer, behind the scenes, he had much greater ambitions. He describes literally being in surgery and having an out-of-body experience. And because he had come so close to dying, he describes that as a real turning point. He realized life is short, life is fleeting, have the courage to follow your dreams. This is when he pushed all of his chips into the middle and said, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. Boy, the idea of being in a cast for six weeks uh, just doesn't... The idea of people signing it appeals to me, frankly. March 2015, Los Angeles, California. Twelve months before Gary's death. He's having a routine medical checkup. Despite being in his mid-60s, Gary was given a clean bill of health. So what could have gone so catastrophically wrong that meant he was dead just a year later?
Shocking news from Los Angeles this evening. Gary Shandling, the beloved actor and comedian, has died suddenly. On March 24, 2016, legendary comedian Gary Shandling died at the St. John's Health Center in Santa Monica. A year earlier, he'd been given a clean bill of health. Now, looking through the star's medical history, world-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is searching for clues to explain his untimely death at the age of just 66. I've discovered that Gary's spleen was removed after a serious car accident in the mid-1970s. The surgery would have left him prone to recurring pain for the rest of his life. Eyewitness accounts state that at times Gary was taking large amounts of over-the-counter pain reliever, etc. At the height of his fame during the making of his hit, The Larry Sanders Show, Gary's use of the drug became excessive. Every day. Every day. For, I guess, the show five years or four years, I can't remember. Excedrin contains paracetamol, aspirin, and the stimulant caffeine. It works partially by narrowing blood vessels to the brain, decreasing the amount of blood that can flow through them, combating headaches which are caused by the dilation of these vessels. While Gary could have been using Excedrin for pain relief, it's possible he was using it for other reasons. 1995. CBS Television City, Los Angeles, California. With recording about to start, Gary is making last-minute preparations for the latest episode of his hit, The Larry Sanders Show. Gary had a lot of stress in his life, and when he was doing the show, he was wearing many hats. He had to star in, he had to write, he had to show run. It was a lot. It was very stressful. It was very demanding. Hey, the sound guy can help me with the sound to the audience. Only, Mark. It feels a little weak. All right, thanks for the help. You're only as good as your last show, right? And especially if you're in a, a, a neurotic comic who goes, that was a fantastic winning show. Oh, God, I got to write another one next week. Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist. I think for Gary, comedy was this kind of therapy. You know, This wasn't a place that he went to to avoid what was going on. This was a place that he went to to analyze, to deep dive into his experience. So this workaholism, I think, served a deeper purpose. It seems Gary needed something to help him get through his long days. Gary took Excedrin, I think, because... It was quicker than a cup of coffee. It became sort of a joke. We had gigantic bottles all over the set. One Excedrin tablet contained 65 milligrams of caffeine, and that's about two-thirds of what you'd find in a cup of coffee. Gary seemed to have been using the caffeine within Excedrin to fight fatigue and to act as a stimulant. And reports imply he went way beyond the recommended dosages to get his caffeine fixed. That's a concern because Excedrin can have several negative side effects. The label on the Excedrin bottle warns that you should not take this to excess. It's meant as short-term pain relief, not a way of life. I'm so wired, I've had so many I can barely lie still. 
The fact that eyewitnesses describe Gary taking Excedrin long term is significant. One of the side effects of prolonged use is stomach ulcers, and I've heard that Gary did indeed suffer from these. At least once or twice a night, Gary would get up and drink milk because his stomach bothered him. I don't know if it was related, but he never slept through the night because of that pain. Although Gary's use of Excedrin was at dangerously high levels, I don't believe it was linked to the blood clot that would kill him. In fact, it may have had the opposite effect. Thanks to the aspirin it contains, Excedrin actually thins the blood, preventing blood clots. So instead of causing his death, it may have helped postpone it. However, the fact he was using Excedrin as a stimulant in the first place suggests Gary was struggling with the stress of his work. It wasn't just Gary's hard work that was subjecting him to extreme stress. He learned the hard way that even his best friends in Hollywood couldn't be trusted. 1979, The Comedy Store, Los Angeles, California. Romantic, I have my arm around her, I'm whispering in her ear, you know, romantic things like, I got cash. And, uh... Gary was performing in front of Brad Gray, a talent spotter who would become his champion, business partner, and manager. Brad Gray was the one who took Gary Shandling from the nightclubs and the Tonight Show to eventually getting his first sitcom. I mean, they took over Hollywood, which was an amazing thing to do. So the bond they had was really, really like a brotherhood. But almost 20 years later, Gary and Brad had a falling out. Launching a $100 million lawsuit, Gary accused him of misusing their joint funds and resources to further his own business interests. You need to remember that age 10, Gary lost his brother, and his brother was super close to him. Betrayal is a horrific thing to deal with, you know, by any stretch. But being betrayed and losing somebody when you've already lost a sibling is going to be doubly impactful. The courtroom battle of wits and words between Shandling and Gray was big news in Hollywood and got very nasty. Gary, a guy that valued these relationships so deeply and trusted people so much, was heartbroken. It sucked the life out of him. It sucked the comedy out of him. It's clear that a major court case and emotional trauma like this would have put Gary under extraordinary stress over a long period. Stress hormones increase blood pressure, and when these hormones are present long-term, that high blood pressure can lead to an increased risk of clotting. I have no evidence that Gary suffered any blood clotting at this time, but if he had, it could have led to others in subsequent years. Gary eventually settled for $10 million from Brad Gray, and shortly after quit his greatest creation, The Larry Sanders Show. But this was not the only trauma he suffered in the late 1990s. Was it these stresses that dealt the fatal blow to Gary Shandling's health? Take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. You really deserve gorgeous professional hair color delivered to your door starting at just $22. For decades, women have had two options for coloring their hair, outdated at-home color or the time and expense of a traditional salon. And for me, I don't really do much hair dye for, for my own hair, but 
What I do love about Madison Reed is they make it super simple. So even if it's been a little while, you can go on their website and just go through all of their sort of um, selection process and make sure that you're finding the exact right shade for you. And many Madison Reed clients comment on how their new hair color has improved their lives. Women really love the results. Gorgeous, shiny, multidimensional, healthy looking hair. This is truly a game changing color you can do at home and look as if you just came from the salon. What makes Madison Reed Color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm tones to create over 55 gorgeous multidimensional shades. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. Autopsy listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code LASTHOURS. That's code LASTHOURS. Gary Shandling, the beloved actor and comedian, has died suddenly. On March 24th, 2016, legendary comedian Gary Shandling died at St. John's Health Center in Santa Monica following a blood clot. World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is re-examining his autopsy and medical records to uncover the reason for the blood clot and his untimely death at the age of just 66. Gary's 24-7 workload and acrimonious split with his business partner, Brad Gray, put him under a huge amount of stress. This could have caused him to suffer high blood pressure, increasing his risk of blood clots. But I can see it wasn't only his work life affecting his health. 1994, Santa Monica, California. Gary was often seen out having dinner with his long-term partner, Linda Doucette, one of his co-stars on The Larry Sanders Show. We instantly became collaborators. And pretty much after our third date, we were inseparable. Uh, I've learned the hard way, darling, that uh, office relationships are inappropriate. And, uh... Screw him. Yeah, it wasn't like dog. Gary and Linda seemed like one of the more solid Hollywood couples pursuing many common interests away from their work. But after seven years together, just before their planned wedding, their relationship hit the rocks. Gary was fine with getting married. We booked the date we were going to go to Hawaii and get married, and that was fine with him, but he just couldn't say that he could have a family. And he became very stressed over that. They decided to split. Before we knew it, our lives was like an episode of The Larry Sanders Show, where it was cloak and dagger, lawsuits and power. Shortly after their split, Gary fired Linda from The Larry Sanders Show. In January 1996, she filed a wrongful dismissal and sex discrimination lawsuit against him, settling a year later for $1 million. It was the end of Gary's longest-lasting intimate relationship. First-hand accounts reveal that it was health concerns that led to Gary's split from Linda. It appears that he was worried that he may be carrying the gene that causes the hereditary disorder cystic fibrosis, the disease that killed his brother nearly 40 years earlier. Cystic fibrosis causes the production of abnormally thick mucus, leading to the blockage of the pancreatic ducts, intestines, and bronchi, and often result in respiratory infection and breathing difficulties. Cystic fibrosis makes you feel like you're drowning from the inside out. And back in the 50s, there was not the kind of advanced treatment that there is today. In the U.S., 30,000 people suffer from cystic fibrosis, and 1,000 new cases are diagnosed every year. 
The chances of being a carrier increases significantly if the disease is already in your family. For Gary, it was easily 50% or more. While he didn't suffer from cystic fibrosis, being a carrier of the gene would have given him the potential to pass it on to another generation, who in turn could suffer and die from the illness, just like his brother Barry. How do you argue with that for somebody who's such a justified reason? It was very clear that his brother's experience had been so unbelievably traumatic that just the notion of somebody else going through this would have been a genuine fear. I would even say a phobia, an irrational fear around what if it happens again. One of our therapists suggested that we do the genealogy test. And when we were preparing to go to that doctor, he was very uncomfortable, and so we never did do the testing. No one knows for sure whether or not Gary was a carrier of the cystic fibrosis gene. Gary undoubtedly carried a huge amount of stress, but I can see that towards the end of his life, he was taking steps to counter its effects. September 2015, Gary's house, Los Angeles, California. It's six months before his death. Gary's Sunday basketball teams were the stuff of Hollywood folklore. It was like Fight Club. If you knew about Sunday basketball games, you didn't talk about Sunday basketball games. You leave the Hollywood nonsense and stupidity behind. Here to have fun and be together. Exercise clearly became an important part of Gary's mental survival in the cutthroat world of Hollywood. Its positive effects on his circulation would have mitigated against any coagulation of his blood and formation of blood clots caused by stress. And I can see Gary wasn't only using exercise to find equilibrium. November 2015, the Buddhism Center, Los Angeles, California. Five months before Gary's death. Gary could sit and meditate for hours. It was quite amazing. He could have been like Buddha in a past life. I, I meditate like that before uh, anything I do, any part, any part I play or any project I'm doing. Gary's meditation should have helped him reduce his blood pressure. And I can also see that just before Gary's death, he had actually taken a vacation. So. I'm going to dismiss stress as playing any significant role in the formation of the blood clot that would eventually kill him. March 2016, Los Angeles International Airport. Three weeks before Gary's death. Over the last few years, he's been taking regular vacations. L.A. at times becomes his trap. So he just loves to go to Hawaii. So in early March of 2016, he, he flies to Hawaii. I think it's fair to say he was winding down. This new phase was a little slower pace, a little more writing. It was not bad. Although Gary is spending more time relaxing, he's becoming concerned with a change in his appearance. He calls his former partner, Linda, to discuss his worries. He told me he was not looking well, and he started laughing. He said, I'm just an aging Jew. 
He did look like he was kind of worn out and physically didn't quite have the same energy. His life force was different. And he did as much as he could to maintain a healthy lifestyle. But I think there was stuff going on in his insides that were taking a toll on him. Does it look like a choice? Or does it look like I'm having a stroke? Looking at Gary's autopsy report, I can see he was presenting signs of jaundice at the time of his death, which could explain aspects of his changed appearance. Jaundice is the medical term that describes yellowing of the skin and eyes. It forms when there is too much yellow bilirubin created by the breakdown of red blood cells. Normally, the liver gets rid of bilirubin into the gut. Jaundice is not a disease in itself, but it can be a symptom of a more serious underlying condition. From reports, I've now discovered that the jaundice Gary was displaying was a likely sign of pancreatitis. 2014, UCLA Medical Center, California. Just two years before he died, Gary underwent major surgery to remove potentially infectious cysts on his pancreas, having been diagnosed with pancreatitis. The pancreas is a small organ behind the stomach and below the rib cage, which aids digestion. Pancreatitis occurs when the organ becomes inflamed and it's extremely painful. It's often associated with long-term heavy drinking, but Gary took great care of his physical fitness and there is no evidence that he ever drank to excess. However, he could have become vulnerable to pancreatitis as a result of abdominal damage and the removal of his spleen following a highway accident in the mid-1970s. Gary's pancreatic surgery was life and death, so much so that he actually started tidying up his affairs. He started telling people goodbye. Gary survived his surgery, but it wasn't completely successful in treating the condition. The painful inflammation of his pancreas, initially thought to be temporary, became permanent. He would have to live with pancreatitis for the rest of his life. The only ongoing treatment being pain control. Gary was in so much pain for so much of the time that it's amazing that he could still be funny. Uh, I can't make myself laugh. Though the precise reasons are unclear, there is statistical evidence of a link between inflammation of the pancreas and an increased vulnerability to blood clots via a thickening of the blood. And Gary's surgery would also have exposed him to the risk of blood clots caused by the lack of movement during recovery. Gary's autopsy report suggests that his jaundice appeared weeks before he died, perhaps indicating worsening problems with his pancreas, affecting his liver. So I can't rule out chronic pancreatitis as a causal agent for the blood clot that ended Gary's life. But Dr. Hunter has found evidence of another serious medical condition that Gary developed later in life. Was it this that dealt the final blow? This is Dr. Michael Hunter. 
Did you know you can stream the Autopsy television series on Roku and Fire TV? Well, you can. Just download the Reels app and subscribe to see the TV show behind the podcast. And if you've got Prime, it's on Amazon channels too. Once you're streaming, you'll find more real life and death programs from Reels like Copycat Killers about murderers inspired by movies. You'll also get access to Murder Made Me Famous, the real crime series that profiles people like Jody Arias and Drew Peterson, who are household names because of the murders they committed. It all comes from the real-life mystery fans at Reels Channel. Find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. On March 24, 2016, the comedy world was left stunned by the apparently sudden death of legendary comedian Gary Shandling. He was just 66. World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is re-examining his autopsy and medical records to uncover what caused the blood clot that ended his life. I've discovered that just two years before his death, Gary was diagnosed with chronic pancreatitis for which he underwent major surgery. Both the surgery and the condition itself may have increased his vulnerability to blood clots. March 15, 2016, Gary Shandling's house, Los Angeles, California, nine days before his death. Gary had just gotten back from Hawaii, and that's a long flight, and his leg was hurting him. Leg pain can be caused by a pulled muscle or cramps through a lack of hydration. But as Gary had just stepped off his second long-haul flight in a couple of weeks, I suspect it may have been a sign of a blood circulation problem. March 23rd, 2016. Gary has less than a day to live. Concerned friend and fellow comedian Billy Crystal has sent over a doctor to investigate Gary's leg pains. He said, hey, you know, you need to go to the hospital. And Gary said, oh, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. Gary thinks he's sprained a muscle in his leg but he has also become very breathless. Breathlessness can be a symptom of a problem in the heart or lungs. It shouldn't be taken lightly. Gary reluctantly agrees he will seek help if things get any worse. He thought he knew better. Celebrities tell the doctor what's up instead of listening to good counsel. It was typical of Gary to just tune it out if he'd got an unsatisfactory answer. Uh, maybe he had some form of denial. Nine thirty a.m., March twenty-fourth, two thousand sixteen. Still at home, Gary finds the pain in his leg is worse, and so is his breathlessness. He's not feeling comfortable inside of his own skin. And he knows something is wrong, terribly wrong inside of his own body. Gary decides to call 911. Even getting to the phone is a struggle. 
He tells the operator he's facing a medical emergency. He's describing his symptoms. But then... As is customary in such cases, paramedics have been automatically dispatched to the source of the call. Metro engine 19, we're making an uh, entry all over the wall now. We're going to be in contact with the patient. They couldn't get in because Gary was home alone. So they had to break in through his garden and they found him collapsed. Gary's collapse meant he was now in big trouble. Having suffered leg pain and breathlessness, I suspect he was showing signs of blocked circulation, leading to a cardiac arrest. The paramedics' desperate efforts to revive Gary fail. They decide to rush him to the hospital. Eleven oh one AM, St. John's Health Center, Santa Monica. Medics battle to save the comedian's life. He was still alive, but he never was conscious again. Nearly 40 minutes later, at 11.37 a.m., Gary Shandling is pronounced dead. Shocking news from Los Angeles this evening. Gary Shandling, the beloved actor and comedian, has died suddenly of an apparent heart attack. I rushed to the hospital. I asked if he was gone, and they said yes. It was a huge shock. I mean, it's still a shock. Gary left all of us comedians in a void. Just like when the Beatles broke up, it's like, what's next? For those of us that have existed in that world, it was a tough one. That was a really difficult thing to hear. Due to the apparent suddenness of his death, initial reports suggested Gary died of a major heart attack. His autopsy describes an enlarged heart, which could have resulted from long-term hypertension or heart disease. But a sudden increase in size can also result from a pulmonary thromboembolism. This is where a blood clot enters the pulmonary arteries of the lungs, blocking blood flow through the heart into the lungs. This is the cause of death actually recorded on Gary's autopsy report. The question remains, what triggered this fatal blood clot in the first place? Could it be from yet another health problem that Gary revealed just months before his death? Legendary comic Gary Shandling's sudden death at the age of 66 in March 2016 caught everyone off guard. But looking back through the star's medical records, world-renowned pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter 
has been uncovering evidence of serious underlying health issues. Gary's autopsy concludes that he died from a pulmonary thromboembolism. That's when a blood clot moves into the pulmonary arteries of the lungs. But it doesn't tell us what caused the blood clot to form. One clue could be in another underlying condition that Gary had been suffering and revealed to his friend Jerry Seinfeld shortly before his death. So it turns out I had a hyperparathyroid gland that was undiagnosed because the symptoms mirror the exact same symptoms an older Jewish man would have. Hyperparathyroidism occurs when the parathyroid glands, which are situated in the neck near the thyroid gland, produce too much parathyroid hormone, leading to harmful rise in calcium and resulting in a number of complications. It could explain Gary's puffy and sweaty appearance in his later years. This is from talking to Rip. This is from telling Rip that it's going to be okay. Hi, Gary. I think he was concerned about it because it was affecting him physically and his looks and his, and his sweating. The inside of this jacket is something like too. With prompt attention, hyperparathyroidism is generally treatable and non-fatal. But for Gary, who may not have noticed his symptoms soon enough, it led to serious complications with his pancreas, ultimately resulting in chronic pancreatitis. As a result, Gary underwent surgery to remove his glands. When Gary got into his 60s, he realized he actually had some fairly significant health problems. So at that point, I think Gary really began contemplating his own mortality. It became a very big theme in his life. Short-term immobility following surgery, along with his chronic pancreatitis, exposed Gary to an increased risk for blood clots. So I can't rule out this, along with the effects of Gary's hyperparathyroidism on his pancreas, ultimately playing a part in his death. But I think there's something else that is highly significant in the hunt for the cause of Gary's fatal blood clot. And that's the two long-haul flights he took just weeks before his death. The flight from Los Angeles to Hawaii takes approximately five hours and 40 minutes. Sitting in one position for long periods of time increases the risk of developing deep vein thrombosis. Deep vein thrombosis occurs when a blood clot forms in the legs, which can then travel up to the lungs. This is known as a pulmonary embolism and often causes breathing difficulties and sudden death. DVT clot would account for Gary's leg pain days prior to his death and his shortness of breath, a sign that a pulmonary embolism has occurred. A simple way to prevent this is by getting up and walking around to improve circulation. I suspect Gary didn't do this. He sat there for the whole flight Maybe he didn't want to be bothered by people who would recognize him and he'd have to talk to people. Gary's toxicology report highlights traces of the relaxants Halprazolam and Diphenhydramine, which could have sent him to sleep for the full 5-hour, 40-minute duration of the flight, allowing a blood clot to form in his legs.
When he got back to his home, he was really in bad shape. However, there is one final piece of Gary's medical jigsaw puzzle I'd like to examine. From a small note in his autopsy, I have now discovered that sometime in his life, he may have had a filter inserted into his lower body to prevent blood clots from his legs reaching the pulmonary artery in his lungs. This would indicate that Gary definitely had a history of deep vein thrombosis and that the clot that killed him was probably not his first. The question now is, how did a blood clot reach Gary's lungs from his legs if this filter was functioning properly? There are several possible answers. One is that the filter may have been removed, allowing the clot to reach his pulmonary arteries. Filters are often only a temporary measure post-surgery. Another is that the clot bypassed the filter, as is sometimes the case. Or the clot did not form in his legs at all, but above the filter. In this last scenario, it could have originated in any number of places but most likely adjacent or attached to the top of the filter, which would be located just below the liver. Without knowing whether Gary still had the filter at the time of death, I cannot state with certainty where his fatal clot formed, but it's clear to me that as a result of the pancreatitis, he was in a hypercoagulable state prior to his passing. Wherever and however the clot formed, it ultimately reached the pulmonary arteries in Gary's lungs, suddenly cutting off blood flow through the heart, causing Gary to fall unconscious and die. Gary Shandling's health was a paradox. Outwardly, he pursued a healthy lifestyle. Inwardly, he faced constant battles with a damaged and malfunctioning body. It was only a matter of time before this highly driven survivor, who brought laughter to so many, would finally lose his fight. And she's down, she's out cold. Thank God I brought some smelling salts because I thought there might be some sex later. So Gary would like to be remembered as being very, very funny. Laughter was the most important thing to Gary Shanley. If you look at how much he contributed, Gary was one of those dudes that paved the way. So I get her home, right? All right, so I'm on the couch. I'm really getting into it, right? And uh, she comes into the room. Not only the jokes, which were hilarious, but just the way he delivered them and the big smile. And, and you know, you just had to say, he's what a great guy. Gary's legacy is that he influenced a lot of comic minds that contributed to the archive of what made America laugh. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter.